Hi everybody, welcome to Living La Vita Loco podcast. My name is Faz. <coughs> and I'm choking. <laughs> and I'm Rich. We are constantly... I was going to try really hard to be professional about this start of this pod. I was going to go, Sorry, this is Living La Vita Loco podcast, a retro gaming podcast for a little bit of your retro gaming needs. Oh yeah. Nice. Choke now. <laughs> Forever hold your peace. <laughs> Jumped the gun, didn't I? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, well, we'll live. Anyway, so that is what we are, and that is who we are. Uh, welcome to episode 20. 20. 20. Great. We made it to 20. That's usually like that. We said that, didn't we? That's like the lifespan of most podcasts, or so I've been told. So, is it? Like, I, I, I've, heard I've, heard thing, I've heard a thing, 20 episodes is kind of when you die. So, oh, right. Well, I mean, the choking. Hence the choking. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, that's, that's good. As soon as we start the podcast, that's <laughs> it. <laughs> Man down. <laughs> oh well. Um, yeah. So this week uh, is gonna be a bit of a different one. In fact, I guess the next couple of podcasts we're gonna do a little bit different one because we've got yeah, a free yeah. play podcast coming up in a week, and then we've got this one where we're not gonna be just solely talking about our PSP, PS Vita games that we have been playing, but we are gonna look at something that is extremely related to PS Vita, and that is uh, Rich's PS TV that he uh, you know, proudly owns. Yeah, well, there's a Vita in a little box that sits under your telly, isn't it? Cool. So, why don't we talk a little bit about um, handheld gaming uh, anyway? And I'm going to talk a little bit about something I picked up in the Amazon Prime Day mm-hmm. sale, which was a Razer Kishi. Kishi? Kishi? Kishi. Like a quiche like. <laughs> is that just how like, children like say quiche? quiche. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe it is a quiche. <laughs> a razor quiche. Favourite favorite type of quiche. Oh, I, I mean, can you ever really have a favourite? Or do you just do tolerate like them? Do I like mean, quiche? you know, quiche Lorraine is the one that I always end up going for, but it's just cheese and bacon, isn't it? So oh, it's yeah. like in, in it's, pastry. Quiche is weird because I feel like it's everything that I love. But I very rarely have them. Yeah. Like, I'm not like, you know, I'm not rushing you, you out to get You never sit there going, oh, I'm really in the mood for a quiche. <laughs> yeah, you never are. It's just like, but if one turns up on your plate at like, a, you know, a wedding or something, you're like... Oh, yeah, you don't throw it at a wall, Yeah, do like, you? great, I've got a yeah. quiche. Yeah. I think... Welcome it's... to live in La Vita quiche. <laughs> <laughs> I think quiche. Uh, I think it's just a, yeah, I think it's a bonus food. That's what I think mm. it is. Bonus food quiche. <laughs> it's a collectible. <laughs> Yeah, so. that's probably the best way of looking at it, really, isn't it? It's never really the main event. No. <laughs> Much like this podcast. Yeah, what are we talking about? <laughs> the Razer Kishi. Kishi. Uh, so, um, Razer, they develop, or seem to have developed, um, handheld controllers that you actually physically plug into your phone. Nice. Which, so I previously had attempted to... Uh, I guess tether my phone via a little clip to my Xbox controller and then play it via Bluetooth. Mm -hmm. And that seemed to work okay. So uh, that was when we first had, I guess, Game Pass as a remote feature. Mm -hmm. And uh, very, like, in fact, very early on when you had remote play and actually you didn't, even on the Game Pass app, it wasn't as if you could play the games on there. It was the very first sort of way you could play, uh, I guess, Xbox games on there. And so that worked fine, uh, but I snapped that. 
<laughs> That's what happened. Was that out of rage? No. Or was I, that just wear and tear? Or? I, I, I think I sat on it. Or oh. someone sat on it. Or it, it basically it just broke. But right. that was like £10. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, and I was gutted because I was like, oh, I quite like the idea of being able to do remote play. But yeah. it was really quite heavy when you held the Xbox controller in your hand and the clip was attached to the back of the Xbox controller. And then you basically had the phone on top of that and that kind of like it felt like the phone was weighing you down when you yeah, had the control in your hand I had something similar for the PS4 yeah. once upon a time and yeah you kind of had like a sucker thing for your phone and stuff like that yeah, yeah. I'm the sucker thing for my phone <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that works fine but and I like the idea of having your especially with Game Pass that you have the, all these games that are handheld that that you can now the, the selection of Cloud gaming, so you don't have to download them, so you can play them remotely, which is great, just straight on your phone, mm-hmm. like just streaming X- Xbox. Or there is also the remote play option where you can, to some extent, play remote play, which, well, I say to some extent, you can play remote play, <laughs> but you know, you do obviously have the latency lag of going through your Xbox mm-hmm. and then it then coming to your phone via your Wi Fi, depending on how good your Wi Fi is. Um, I should have really took Virgin Media up on that that offer they were offering me the other day. It was like hindsight. Well, I don't need it, but they were like, "Oh, how about that gigabyte download to speed?" I'm like, "Oh, you know." I'm like, "Hmm." Like, oh, what well, you know? Like, is it a gigabyte? No, it must be more than that. Wait, no, probably it was a gigabyte. I mean, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know what they were trying to sell me. <laughs> I live in a different house. <laughs> Do you know? Uh, okay. Unless there's something you want to tell me. I've been here a while. Uh, so, where was I? Anyway, and it was so, and then also the the fact that you can now um, play quite a few games touchscreen as well. So, okay. yeah, so you don't even have to have a controller necessarily. Yeah. But uh, you can play quite a few of them. I, I would say that you, it really strange and strange stretches the idea of doing that though that is in to have the mm. controller on your screen depending on the size of your phone and things i think you really would need to have a tablet for that yeah. i think so many buttons to yeah. account for exactly yeah it's just and the thing is you just you are crossing the veneer i'm going to use that word and not really think that's what i need to call <laughs> i need to say there insert word here yep uh bridge between <laughs> pc gaming and Tablet gaming and console gaming. You're kind of like, it's it's well, weird. The line's getting blurred a little bit. Yeah. yeah. You know, I feel a bit weird talking about it now. I feel like I'm now just a PC gamer on my phone. <laughs> but no fear, because I bought a controller that attaches to your phone and makes you feel more like you're holding a Nintendo Switch now. Ah. And that's exactly how it feels. So it cost me £35 in the Amazon Prime sale. It was down from £65. Mm-hmm. And I think at the turn of the year, it was about £100. Um, I think a Backbone, which is possibly the most popular brand that I've heard of of these types of controllers, uh, are they're still about hundred pounds. So to get this for thirty five pounds and it to feel like a very useful tool for me to go forward with and play games, and one of the games that I started playing for our free play for next week, I've actually um, I, I used this and I used it on purpose to kind of see how this game would work it's an xbox game and it's on game pass and you could play it on remote play so um yeah it, it just seemed to be really sturdy really useful the buttons that you get the clicky thumbsticks nice it feels like a actually well-built controller 
that plugs straight into your USB, no, what is it? No, universal port in a phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. USB yeah. thing. Yeah. And, to, and to connect it. And you also have the ability, once you've done that, you can actually, if you say, you know, obviously you're worried about your phone battery, you can plug it into the mains and you can charge your phone via the controller as well. Oh, that's a that good stays idea. out of your way. So actually mm. it becomes, you know, even if you have to be like that and you want to sit and play at home or you want to sit and play on a train or something like that and you need that, you know, that battery boost, then you can actually do that, which is great. So, someone's thought about that, haven't they? Yeah, exactly. So that really helps. Um, but yeah, it, I guess it just it lasts as long as your phone battery is going to last mm. you, which, you know, obviously varies on what you're playing. Um, but yeah, all the buttons are great, and it. I think it's really added to my gaming experience, and it is made next. Sorry, next gen, this gen consoles of better graphics in terms of how they look HD, more handheld, and if anything, it's kind of it looks better than a Switch. That is not 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 physically. That is in you know, but mm -hmm. like in terms of what you're playing on the on the screen. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. is in graphically better than a switch. Well, it's got the extra horsepower, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So, and if you've got therefore a quite a big phone and you've got a brand new phone, mm. I would highly recommend picking this up if you have, you know, something like Game Pass or PS Play. Do you know what I mean? Like, as yeah, in, like, yeah, yeah. I, I assume it's the exact same sort of. Well, in fact, I know it is. Like from what I saw from the adverts and things, the exact same concept. So, yeah, I, I just highly recommend it to everybody if you do get an opportunity to get one at a low price such as £35 and you want to play more handheld gaming and, you know, you want to take things on the go with you. And it also folds up really nice and neatly so you unconnect it from your phone and then literally it folds back in on itself and connects together. So it almost becomes this really compact, safe brick so you feel like you're not going to break it when you're taking it with you anywhere or anything. And it's almost like you could probably... I mean, it'd be a bit clunky. You know, we'd probably need our skater jeans with those chains <laughs> on from an earlier episode. Like, in, it'd be a clunky to put in your pocket, certainly. But you could, in theory, if you had, yeah. like, you know, a well, jacket you, pocket. You could travel with it. Yeah, least. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, just a great concept. And I know they're a couple of years old now, the idea of them. But to move on from that clip on the back of your controller to yeah. this point where you have the phone within your controller and you have all these games at your disposal... Yeah, it, it's really revolutionised almost in a way. I don't, I'm not going to go to the point where I'm saying it's a necessity, but I feel like I've added a different dimension of gaming to my home. Like, so, for example, um, you know, people talk about Tetris Effect. Have you played Tetris Effect before? No. No. So everyone talks about Tetris Effect being one of the best Tetris games. And, you know, a lot of people would have played it on the console mm -hmm. and... You kind of and everyone goes the 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 audio and visual vibe of sort of putting yourself in a darkened room and playing on this game and the music the way it kind of soothes you but also you get that electro beat vibe while you're playing Tetris it puts you into sort of some sort of hypnosis pretty much <laughs> like everyone kind of like, you know like everyone like raves about Tetris effect but then transferring that to VR and being consumed by the experience in a, a world really jumps up. And it almost feels like you're kind of getting that from this. Like I'm taking a games console and making it portable on a really high definition screen on a really tactile controller. It really feels like I'm just enhancing that experience a lot more. Like so, yeah, it's it's great. I mean, you know, you you, you can't even you, you get it might even get to the point where you kind of go, do I even need the home console if I'm paying for Game Pass and I've got my phone? I mean, obviously, if you 
Yeah. You know what I mean? You almost go, ooh. But, I mean, I, I guess that's where, you know, cloud gaming wants to be heading, really, isn't it? Mm. Um, but then I guess that's also the kind of feeling, the kind of market um, that Sony want to tap into with their handheld thing, mm. um, just, you know, without it plugging onto any old phone. It's already got a screen built in and all that kind of stuff. So I guess between that and the, the current controllers, bells and whistles, that's that's kind of what they're going for. But it sounds yeah. like Razer have already kind of cracked it, well, it just feels <laughs> I guess. Like, yeah, it just feels like, I mean, I guess you, you're going to... Depends how much Sony charge for theirs, but and people will buy it. Obviously, that is yeah. just the way that the world goes round. People will see a nice shiny thing and go for it. But I know we've questioned it previously whether they think it's going to be a good idea, especially if it's just something that plays your PS4, but uh, PS5. Even sorry, um, I don't know. I guess PS4 maybe as well. I, mean, I, I can't I'm not imagine. Sure off the top of my head. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. Just I thought I'd just share that with you because I know you're going to talk about something that. Um, is, I guess it goes the other way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, the opposite. So, but I just wanted to kind of give it a bit of a plug, really. I mean, I'm not like you know selling anything for anybody, but certainly, <laughs> incidentally, Razor, if you want to sponsor, yeah, us, I, I know. really like your fight pants. So, yeah, yeah. so <laughs> send us a quiche, uh, please. So, <laughs> I'll take Lorraine as well. That's fine by me. Uh, yeah. So anyway, yeah, I just wanted to get that in there and just sort of say, you know. Guys, if you're you know if you're interested in that kind of thing, I'd recommend it. Rated. Yeah, there mm. we go. Should I give it? An, I should give it an average number. Yeah, go for it. Why not? I'll stick yeah. it on the spreadsheet later yeah. on. Yeah. So I guess you know for paying that sort of you know that amount of money for it and stuff and what I feel like I'm gonna get out of it and what I've experienced from playing a couple of games on there, I, I can only give it a nine. Really, if, you know that is in. I, I can't. I've got no qualms with it at the moment. Unless something goes wrong, I'm, I reserve the right to go back Snap on that. It again by yeah, on exactly. It. I reserve the right to go back on that. Um, but for now, right, that, that's, that's where we're heading. The razor quiche will be going on as nine out of ten. <laughs> I mean, coincidentally, like a, a razor quiche would be razor quiche would be awful. Pretty dangerous. <laughs> like, I mean, like first off, the eggs wouldn't be able to hold it. It'd just be cutting itself to pieces in seconds. <laughs> Cool. So, right. The, the, that was the that was the plug. That was the hors d'oeuvre. That was you know. <laughs> now for the main course. Yeah. What what is you? What is what, you? What, your what is you? Yeah, what um, is you? I am going to be covering the PlayStation TV, and uh, I've got a prop. Um. Uh huh. That's it. Wow. So what I have just slapped on the desk in front of. Can I measure it in party rings? Like, yeah. Or, you, I, or your phone. Um, no, no party rings. Party rings. Yeah, so I, that's looking like a. It's like three and a half party rings. Yeah, maybe four if you stacked them cle- cleverly. It's not a big device. No, um, I'll take my party rings off it. Thank you. I apologize. Uh, that's right. I'm going to eat a party ring while you talk. <laughs> um, but, so yeah, it basically takes a PS Vita, gets rid of the screen and the controls, so the opposite of what you just did to your phone, mm-hmm. um, pops um, an HDMI um, output in their USB... Um, and an Ethernet port mm, as well okay. for grown-up big boy internet. Mm. <laughs> um, and you've got a memory card slot in there and also a cartridge slot for Vita cartridges. Mm-hmm. Um, weirdly, it's got a um, like a power adapter as well. I'm pretty sure the brick on the power adapter is basically, yeah, not far yeah. off the, the wow. same size as, so funny, as the it? console. 
Um, so it's, you know, it doesn't exactly um, take up much real estate. Um, Can I ask, before you get into, I guess, yeah. how much did you get it for and where did you get it from? Um, I got mine from CEX. Mm. I'm not calling it sex because that's stupid. Yeah. Um, sex is stupid. You're right. <laughs> More gaming. More gaming. <laughs> um, how much did I pay for it? I honestly can't remember off the top of my head. I think it was about 60 quid. Mm-hmm. Um, give or take. Um, I think once upon a time they got down to about 40 Okay. And I remember umming and ahhing about it because they, they did not sell. No. Um, mainly because people looked at it and were like, well, you know, you've got a handheld that you're now telling me to play through my TV. Why? Yeah. Um, and I'll tell you why. Um, <laughs> so you can um, stream your um, PS3 or your PS4 to mm-hmm. it. So if you've got it in a, in a different room to your... Um, Main console, you can you can do that. Mm. Um, the downside is that you know it will kind of work like your Vita if it's not connected through the Ethernet. Um, right. So if you're on the Wi-Fi, it's not going to be a great experience. Mm-hmm. Um, the the kind of big big problem with it um, is obviously that the Vita itself. You have like gyro and touchscreen and da 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 all these all these bells and whistles. Um, it's got none of them. Yeah. Um, so there's quite a few games that are missing quite a lot of functionality to the extent that when they released this thing, there was almost there was a, a bit of a like a whitelist and a blacklist of games that were going to work on it. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the games weren't on the list of compatible um, ones for a good reason. You know, mm-hmm. like there'd, there'd be gyro controls, and you, you're not going to sit there shaking this thing underneath your TV or whatever. Yeah. Um, but then equally, like. Um, uh, Wipeout, I think, that, that we reviewed mm-hmm. a while back. Um, that was one of the ones that you couldn't play on it. But there's, like, no real reason why you shouldn't be able to. Yeah. Um, and there are there are a lot of games that you should have been able to play on it. Like, even PSP ones, there, there wasn't much of a reason why you shouldn't be able to play it. Yet, for some reason, you couldn't. Yeah. Um, and then you compound that with how things have gone since with the online store and things like that. Like you can search for games on it. You will find them, but you can't purchase them because it will cheerfully tell you that you can't play them, even though it's sat in the PSTV compatible section and stuff like that. Like the things are mess basically. Like it's just got into this weird state of, I don't know, disrepair or yeah. something like that, or neglect even. Shock from Sony. I know. <laughs> uh, it's it's almost like they're trying to discourage people from using it or something. Um, so when I got it, I thought, you know what, rather than just having like my, my UK account on it again and using the same old memory cards and all that kind of stuff, I thought, you know what, like it would be a good opportunity to set up an account from like America or Japan or something, mm. try some slightly different games, see what's out there. Um and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, again, you kind of fall foul of the, the Vita's insistence on being attached to like one account. It's not like modern consoles where you can flip between user accounts and regions yeah. without too much hassle. Um, so I thought, you know what, if I just get one set up and then leave it, yeah. <laughs> basically. <laughs> um, and uh, so, yeah, I got, a, got an American um, account set up and um, started downloading some things. And yeah, there were some interesting bits and bobs on the store that I could still access that I couldn't get in the UK. Um, and they play well, mm. you know, like there's some good PSP games on there um, that I, I dragged out and some um, like PS one 
classics mm. that um, you know, like I, I would never have been able to get in the UK at like um, Chrono Trigger. Um, okay, like the port of that um, springs to mind pretty quickly. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's okay mm-hmm. for for twenty twenty three. It's okay, mm. but we're talking like five out of ten. Okay, right. Um, however, it is quite easy to hack. Uh huh. Um, and you can <laughs> you can do that from the console itself and, and stuff like that. Um, and do you know, hack? Press here. <laughs> basically, yeah. Someone has set it up so that you can effectively do that. Mm. Um, and the best thing about it, well, in fact, there's a couple of good things about it. Um, I was still using my American account to to buy and download games, mm. but I was buying and downloading games that were on this blacklist. Yeah. So, you know, in theory, it shouldn't have been able to run like the PSP version of Armored Core or mm. a bunch of old PC Engine games and stuff like that. Yeah, there I was happily buying and downloading them from the store mm. um, because um, this quick little hacking process removed that arbitrary um, limitation. Okay. It also meant that I could customize, like you can use it with a DualShock 3 or a DualShock 4. Mm. DualShock 4 has all the functions of the PS Vita that the PS TV might be missing. Mm. And so you could set it up so that it could use gyro and could use the touchscreen stuff and could do this, that, the other. Okay. Um, and not only that, but you could set it up so that you could customize the video options a lot more. So rather than looking at it all blown up and like poorly scaled and blurry and all that, you can bring it back down to a, like a kind of sensible size yeah. um, to scale properly with the TV you've got. And it is really pretty, mm. really pretty to look at. Like Ridge Racer, PSP version of Ridge yeah. Racer um, looks incredible on it. it like genuinely, yeah. it looks really, really good. Um and so as soon as you start getting into it, like, I think you're easily getting up to like a, an eight out of 10 oh, kind right, of a okay. device. Like it is that much of a no difference. difference yeah. And that's all stuff that Sony could have made it do out do of the it box. Itself, yeah. And it didn't. And it's again, like I know I said this episode one PS Vita, like it's easily one of the biggest devices for squandered potential yeah. I've ever come across. And this falls into that bracket completely. Um, so I'm going to write those scores down before I forget. Did, did you know that you could hack it before you bought it? Did you buy it with that in mind? Because it sounds like it makes such a vast difference. It like. does. Yeah, I um, I had heard that you could. Yeah. Um, I was apprehensive about doing it. Yeah. Um, and so I I sat tight. I did some homework. I did more homework. I, yeah. I looked into it. Um, I had no intention of, you know, doing it to, to load it up with, you know, freely downloaded games and yeah. stuff like that. It was purely to customize mm-hmm. like video output and stuff like that. Um, and I absolutely stand by, by doing it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I'd always umdenard about it, but it took me a while to, to take the plunge. But then like I was thinking about this the other day when I had the, the GameCube back in the day, um, you know, I had, the action replay and the freeloader stuff. And I was mm. using that to, yeah. you know, hack it, crack it and play Japanese imports and all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, I guess I've got a, a long and storied history of buggering about with these things, yeah, and- uh, you know, lightly rather than hardcore modding. Yeah. But, um, but I think it just speaks to that gaming community and network that we spoke about before that seems like a good idea to have around, especially when yeah. um, distributors like, choose to let their consoles and paraphernalia fall into disrepair and they don't care about it 
game it, preservation. It just like, you know, absolutely. Like, it just seems a bit silly, like you know, and and I know that we, you know, Nintendo are probably the most, I guess, protective of their IP and things, but um, you know, it, it sounds like everyone is really that isn't apart from. You know, Sony, who just a bit like, ah, oh, just use our old graveyard. Well, but <laughs> but don't was, let us know about it. <laughs> weirdly, that was the thing, because hacking it, like, didn't so much, you know, mean that I was immediately downloading a load of homebrews and, and like, homemade mm. ports of stuff, but I could use the fucking built-in store properly, yeah. Sony. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. I could actually use the device yeah. as intended. Didn't they kind of thankful that someone's done that for someone? Yeah. Yeah. No yeah, someone should be getting paid. Yeah. <laughs> they really should. That's what it's I'm saying. Free, like, free labour. Yeah, absolutely. Like, the fans have stepped up and fixed it. Yeah. And, like, admittedly, there's a load of games that, um, you know, are disappearing from the store and, and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, there are a couple of good finds that, like, aren't in the list as you scroll through it, but if you search for it, you mm. can find it. Okay. Um, like, the there's a couple of PC Engine um, games that came out on the, the PSP mm. that, um, you know, I'd not played before. I, pl- I think I, maybe I played one of them before. Mm-hmm. But the other one I just heard really, really good things about. And yeah. lo and behold, there's a way I can play it just by, you know, um, getting into this system and actually being able to buy and download the game like from the legitimate store, <laughs> you know, yeah. it, it's ridiculous. It's an utterly ridiculous state of affairs. So, you, just to clarify, I mean, just being a bit stupid, then you don't need to own a Vita, do you? Or no, do, no. So, no. so you can. So, effectively, you've got a games console for sixty pounds. Yeah, basically. Wow. Like it, it's and it is a good console. Like you need a controller with it. That's probably well, okay. Uh, but if you've got like a. A spare PS3, Dual Shock three, PS4. maybe what twenty five quid, maybe or something. Like, I think that, maybe like, yeah, yeah. 20 quid. So like it's, but it's as a an entry level thing. I think like potentially, potentially cheaper than the Vitas. The yeah, ones well, yeah, it would be, maybe. Yeah, yeah Vitas um, knocking about for ninety quid. I think. Pretty yeah, much, well, so there you go. Pound. Um, but the the trick is that it is inherently more hobbled unless yeah. you hack it. Yeah, that's the that's the problem, mm-hmm. um, and that's how come I've given it two scores because it is the the difference is so noticeable even in just being able to use it as the device that it actually is. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's a it's a weird weird state of affairs, um, but I'm glad that I got in and and started tinkering with it. I'm glad that I tweaked those video options, and I will tell you why. Mm-hmm. Um, because one of the games that I was able to to get hold of on it was Muramasa Rebirth. Mm. Um, I have heard of it. I'm nodding. Oh my god! Like mm. genuinely, it might be the prettiest Vita game I've ever seen. Okay. Like wow. genuinely, I like it's certainly one of my like graphical favorites now. Um, and it's yeah, it's great. So I know I've um, kind of quickly reviewed Dragon's Crown. I think when we were on the way to Slam Dunk or yeah, something like that. You were like, yeah, it's uh, best game ever. Yeah, great, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't argue. <laughs> so it's great. Um, so no one remembers that day. <laughs> <laughs> Bits of it. Um, it Muramasa Rebirth is made by the same people, um, Vanillaware, um, and it has a, a similar painterly style, but set in like, um, in Japan, like in the, the kind of shogunate kind of yeah. uh, times. And like the map screen will look like wood carving and... Uh, that some of the scenery you go past is just gorgeous. Like it's it is insane how good it looks. Um, I think it was a um, a slightly polished version of a game that came out on the Wii. 
Okay. Um, just may, yeah. Do you know what? I think that's where I've heard of it. Quite that possibly. Yeah. Um, and I think I read somewhere that they went, okay, well, where we could port this to something, and they mm. decided to go for the Vita originally because the first model had like an OLED screen. Yeah. They're like, yeah, that nice. will make this game look good, mm. and I can see why. Mm-hmm. Like it, it is gorgeous. Um, it's basically like a kind of. It's somewhere between a sort of hack and slash and like a Metroidvania type thing, mm-hmm. um, all geared around um, forging a bunch of like demonic blades and switching between them in a fight. You can yeah. carry three at a time. Um, they've got some special moves, but like the the combat system is one of the most like simple but kind of elegant that I've mm-hmm. come across. And if you're talking like Japanese sword fighting, simple and elegant is kind yeah. of a good yeah, yeah. Uh, good way of doing it. Um, so like you can mash the button to do you know quick attacks or if you can hold it if you can hold it you can hold it um to like defend or while you're holding if you flick the the um stick you kind of dash about a little bit like a ninja um but while you're attacking you can also parry like at the same time so attack and defense is on the same button Mm. um and it it just works so well. Like, you feel right. like such a badass. Yeah. Like, swinging this sword around and, like, laying into a group of enemies and then realising that you're, like, automatically deflecting stuff that's being thrown at the back of your head. Nice. Like, it is awesome for making you feel like a badass. Um, and then you add in this art style and you end up fighting more and more, you know, supernatural enemies or, you know, playful spins on, oh, you've got to defeat that giant. And it turns out that it's not a giant, but half of the fight plays out like it is. Okay. Um, you know, yeah. it, it has fun with it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like it, it's really, really fun. Like I've, I've not finished it by any stretch. It's quite a big game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the only sort of snag I've got with it is that there's quite a lot of backtracking, quite a lot of running when like you've cleared an area. Mm. Um, there, there's sort of these parts that, play out almost more like dungeons and once you've cleared most of them you're not really fighting much but you know when you're out in the real world like it feels like you're going on an epic journey it does Mm. feel like you're on the road and and traveling a long way and um having these encounters and there's all sorts of kooky characters to bump into and these kind of two storylines and before you know it, the characters are just bumping into each other like almost randomly it seems like you know you, you might go to a a hot spring or something like that and then the other character's just there there's yeah. no no like ceremony or anything <laughs> like that they just, they just happen to be out and about yeah. in the same place as you for once um so like it's got a lot going for it um might possibly be a touch repetitive mm-hmm. um but then arguably you, you go in and you forge some new blades and get yourself some new moves because that's that's basically the skill tree yeah um or you know, you go and learn some new recipes and watch some lovingly rendered food like play out in front of you. Those animations repeat, by the way, and you can't skip them. You can just speed them up. That feels like um, um, the, possibly a very recent thing that... Cooking and crafting co- and stuff. Yeah, cooking yeah. and crafting in games. Like, you know, obviously, probably the most famous would be, obviously, Tears of the Kingdom and things like that. And, you know, um, it's predecessor Breath of the Wild. But, you know, even you think about Pokemon Arceus and stuff like that and everything and, and then you even that sounds silly but like overcooked like cooking in games is a, is a big it's thing a now yeah, yeah. And I, I always find it like I, I, I don't hate it don't you know I'm, I'm, don't, I sound like I want to go into some sort of tangent where I'm like oh it's such a stupid idea it's not but it's not something that naturally draws me towards video games. I'm like, oh, I'm virtually cooking or virtually crafting. No, I think some of them use it as a sort of uh, 
shorthand for you are surviving in this world. And yeah. like the, the meals you cook being more and more like ambitious or appetizing is that sort of shorthand extended to you are surviving well in this world. Yeah, yeah. Um whereas here, like it, it does feel a bit redundant mm. because you can buy items anyway, or you can find them in the world, mm. or you can buy some items and find them in the world and then combine them to make slightly different items, mm-hmm. which you can also sometimes find in the world or buy from a shop. Yeah. So it, it, it does feel a little bit redundant, but it still looks gorgeous, you know? Yeah, it looks really good. Uh, good food. So, you good know, it, it's, um, <laughs> yeah, um, it, it's, it's got a lot going for it. I've, I think it's really, really good fun. It looks great on a big telly. Um, and yeah, what would, would size recommend? would you say you're playing that at to make it look good? Because obviously, was it just full definition? Uh, no, so it wasn't the full telly because the four, four colon three. What's that? Four no, by three. Our, <laughs> our, our TV is quite old um, for like flat panel stuff. Mm. Um, so when I when the PS TV was trying to blow everything up to to fill up the the screen, it was getting really really blurry okay. um, really really quickly. Yeah. Um, so I play it scaled down to maybe about two thirds of the screen um, to just try and help sharpen up a little bit. Mm. Um, and yeah, I I totally stand by doing it yeah, for yeah, this. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it, it so happens that it, it plays well too. Um, don't get me wrong; over the course of you know dozens of hours, I can imagine it getting a little bit um, wearying. Yeah, um, but. Not so far. So, um, I mean, that's a, an easy 8 out of 10 for yeah, me. Great. I reckon. Um, highly, highly recommended. Miramasa Rebirth. That's the one. Cool. Yep. Okay. Brilliant. So, again, I'm just kind of a little bit, not stunned per se, but I am like shocked a little bit that you're telling me that for, and how much did you pick that up for in the shop then? Is it? I think it was about 60. Right. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wait. Oh, sorry. The game or the console? Uh, well, speak on well, how much you picked the game up for them. Sorry, I, I was speaking actually about actually can't remember. Okay. Um, I was wasn't. In, I it was in dollars as well. And yeah. I tell you what, I found out the hard way. Um, dear friends in America, I do not know how you do it because the price of anything on the store doesn't include tax, unlike in the UK. So the price you pay is actually higher than the price that's displayed on the screen. Yeah. Um, when you go into it, I mean, so, yeah. It's no wonder they have ridiculous. to do the tax returns every every year yeah, or whatever it is. Yeah, it's, it's a baffling <laughs> system. So like, and especially if you're buying like prepaid credit from PlayAsia or something like that, yeah. you've then got to do the maths to mm. account for the fact that well, every time I'm paying this, I'm having to pay that much extra in tax. So That's actually, interesting that you've had that little this, insight into yeah, that. Yeah, and it's annoying. Mm. I don't know how you guys in America do it. I, I really don't. Um, I mean, I guess you wouldn't be having to buy the credit from PlayAsia for one thing. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, fair cop. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I think I think the game was probably nearer $20 but oh. plus tax. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, the console was, was 60 quid, oh. give or take. Just, um, just so. shocked that you can have such a good experience for something that you can get. Yeah, you know. I mean, it, it took a little bit of legwork mm. getting the getting it um, cracked and all that kind of stuff. But then I, it was kind of, I, I kind of enjoy the, the problem solving element mm. of it. Like, you know, like when I was talking about the Pico 8 and building bits and bobs before, like mm. I kind of enjoy the process and the, the research side yeah. of it as well. So I dare say that actually probably the best game I've had on it so far was working out how to hack the thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, like it, it was a, a, a worthwhile experience. It just sounds like, so not, um, I'm not trying to make it sound like it, it 
doing anything wrong with the hacking and things like that, but certainly like a dark little corner of game consoling where it's almost like, you know, here's this thing that, like we said before, has fell into, you know, disuse and it's almost, whereas actually it could be a really viable option to play some yeah. retro games and have that game preservation. So I, I obviously, like, it, it falls into a, probably falls into a pretty big legal grey area mm. doing this because, you know, there'll, there'll be all sorts of stuff about what you are and aren't meant to be doing with these systems. Um, the thing with this, and I am going to get on my high horse with it, was that ultimately the reason I did it was so that I could spend more money on Sony's online store. And Absolutely. if anybody from Sony would like to come and have a discussion about that, they are more than welcome yeah, to. I don't think they would. <laughs> I, don't I don't think, think they, they would. would. No, I'd be fine I, with that. Yeah, and it, it's one of those things... They'll be like, like, oh, someone just bought something. <laughs> What's happening Funnily now? enough, right, on, on the, um, the store on my PS4, I've noticed that I can't filter based on PS Vita games anymore. And up until quite recently, that was how I was still buying things digitally, yeah. was through my PS4. Um, so I can't help but wonder if someone's pegged, they're like, oh shit, someone's actually still using this option, we should probably turn it off. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like I, I'm under no illusions that some people would have um, you know, hacked into the Vita in order to run all sorts of yeah. retro stuff on it. And and I hear tell that it's quite, it, quite good at emulation and stuff like that. Um, but in my particular case, yeah, it is absolutely about like just accessing what by rights the gate like the console should have been able to do because yeah. it's the same fucking console as the the one I've got in the pencil case in the <laughs> other room. Like it, it's yeah, it, it's a ridiculous well, pencil affair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, it's Wi-Fi enabled. Um, it, it's it's a ridiculous state of affairs, and obviously with like digital storefronts and stuff like that, it's only going to get worse with a lot of, I mean there was that research recently about the the sheer number of games pre 2010 or something like that that you can't play or, yeah. or are endangered um which you know I think anything that can help alleviate some of that surely for for the good of you know the the hobby the community is is a worthwhile endeavor mm -hmm. um but you know that's me it's interesting how you've just referenced that and how many times I've heard on in the retro gaming world per se over the last sort of month every, everybody's citing that everybody's yeah, citing yeah. that research yeah, yeah, because it's almost like saying yeah. oh it's 85 or 87 percent of games are like disappearing or something like that retro games before the year 2010 and it's just like but the fact that everyone's talking about it is because it's important to yeah. the retro to, to the gaming world to be able to have access to these things that is in what like we want to be able to share them and keep them going and i want to be able to share games with my children and my nephews and stuff and things like that and just even they might not ever be interested they might say dad please leave me alone <laughs> in my stop. bedroom for one minute <laughs> you know like get out <laughs> i'm like no no son play this game but like it, but the option needs to be there. It needs to be there. But it, yeah. do, do you know what I mean? It just it doesn't make any sense for it to not be there. Like, why would the people who have the capability to or hold the key of being able to play these games um, just not open the door for everybody? Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's a, a, a fair point and a, and a worthwhile discussion because, like, you know, if, if you're a, a... I mean, I, I fully appreciate that, say... Um, you know, license agreements for, for older games get murky, mm. you know, famously so. Um, 
but at the same time, like between hardware failures or, or companies going bust and this, that, the other, like surely there, there's got to be something that can be done. And this is why like Evercade and things like that, you know, that are that front and center say about just trying to keep some of these games going yeah, um, and make them available in an affordable way for people. Like, mm. I am all for it. Mm. Um, and yeah, I, I think going forward, it is going to be a big, big point for the, the industry to look at, especially like, you know, the likes of Sega and the back catalog they've got. Yeah. You know, I fully appreciate that they feel they can only monetize a portion of it to some degree, but then why not try, mm-hmm. you know, why yeah. not try putting out some more of them, like a compilation of obscurities or something like that. See what happens, mm-hmm. you know, but again, that's, that's me. And I suppose like to go full circle, you know, you say about cloud gaming and stuff like that, if that takes off, maybe that's the, the option, you know, you just yeah. stick it on the cloud and, and um, do it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, Charge but, people a subscription. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Okay. That was a lovely little, chat do you know what we went full circle yeah exactly you know like yeah all right this podcasting malarkey in the end (laughs) do you know what i don't think we swore in that episode fuck no (laughs) yeah fuck (laughs) (laughs) on that note uh thank you very much for listening to us and we will see you again soon cheers cheers bye-bye